and welcome back to the Mindfulness Show podcast. This is Maddie here because uh, my other half, Marina, couldn't make it um, on the show today because she actually went through a little bit of a fire alarm situation. So she is currently outside in Vienna waiting to enter her building um, again. So uh, we, you know, how we do it on the Mindfulness Show podcast, we just make it work anyway. So we couldn't say, uh, we couldn't reschedule with our lovely guest today. And um, I'm very excited that um, I connected with Kayler on Instagram a while back. And we got to talking and eventually I, you know, I loved his journey and his story from what we talked and I wanted to find out more and I, I would have wanted for him to share more on the podcast. So he accepted and I'm very delighted to welcome Kayler Betts. He is an entrepreneur, a mental health advocate, and he actually has his own podcast. So he has so much value to deliver to all of us. So welcome, Kayler. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope your friend is okay. That's for sure. That's an unfortunate uh, incident, but uh, oh well. Let's uh, let's do it. Just me and you. Let's jam. Let's jam. Okay. So you are from Canada, right? Yes, I am from Canada. I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta, which is for those you know. Everyone knows the states a little better, so it's just above Montana. Uh, in the States, and it's near the Rocky Mountains. Now, that's where I'm originally from. But uh, I like to, you know, I work remotely. I'm, I'm also, you know, one of the things that you miss, which is totally fine. I'm, I'm a coach, a mental wealth coach, um, which is essentially a life coach. Um, and I work remotely. So I try and just chase the warm weather. COVID is making that a little bit tough. We have really, really cold winters in Canada. So I normally go to, like last winter, I went to Bali. Um, but this year, it's making it a little bit tough with COVID. So um, I'm actually on Vancouver Island, which most people I'm sure have heard of Vancouver. And uh, there's an island just off uh, the coast of Canada called Vancouver Island. It's the warmest place in Canada. And that's where I'm currently at because I like the warm weather. All right. So it's warm out there. Yeah, like warm for Canada standards, right? Um, <laughs> So like to give you an idea in Celsius, it's like it typically is in and around like eight to 15 oh. degrees Celsius right now, you know, oh. in, in the winter. So not cold, but not super hot or warm or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely not warm, but uh, it's um, about yeah, the, to the warmer countries, the warmer countries, they would say that's cold. That's not cold for Canada. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you guys go minus a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, in the winter we do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So can you please tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurship journey? Because I know you've been a, an entrepreneur for many years. And how did you get into that? How did you start? Did you always have this entrepreneurial mindset? Or was it something that just kind of happened? Yeah, good question. I mean, I actually didn't graduate high school. I was three credits short of graduating high school. So um you know, it was really difficult. I, the system that we use to measure success told me that I was a failure, right? So going into the career world, the business world, I went in thinking that I wouldn't really amount to, to much, right? Now, the only reason why I didn't do well in school is because, you know, I just can't focus for whatever reason. I cannot focus on things I'm not interested in. And none of the things that I was learning in school made me interested. So I really struggled with that. I got out of school. And then what happened is 
I went kind of on this crazy journey because I wasn't in a good place. I went to Australia for six months and just basically partied for six months straight. And I came back and I kind of had this rock bottom moment where I'm like, I need to do something with my life. So I became a personal trainer and a personal fitness trainer. And I really got into nutrition. I really got into fitness myself. And here I was, I was a 19 year old punk. And I remember my first client was a 45 year old lawyer. And I was just like, just full of energy and just like really passionate about fitness and nutrition. And here I was coaching a bunch of people, one of them being like a 45 year old lawyer. And I, I mentioned him because he was my first kind of success story. And he ended up losing 50 pounds uh, working with me. And I'll never forget, he stepped on the scale one day and our goal was to be under 200 pounds. And he stepped on the scale and he was under 200 pounds and he had lost 50 pounds. And he looked uh, up at me, actually he was looking down when he stepped on the scale and he sat down and I was pumped and I looked at him and I, I said, hey, are you okay? And he looked up and he had tears coming down his eyes and he just said I haven't been under 200 pounds in years and that's what I came here to do so here I was 19 years old and I felt like I had found my calling I was like you know again because I didn't graduate high school I didn't see myself as someone who would be successful and I was like wow I can really add value here and I just was hooked from then on then I went down the rabbit hole of like getting into more of the holistic side of things like not just fitness not just like counting squats for people, but really getting into well-being and mindset and nutrition and the holistic side of things. So then I became more of like a holistic lifestyle coach. Then I opened up a gym at 24 and um, had a lot of success in that. I had it for five years. We opened up a couple locations and um, yeah, that was for five years. And that's where I learned. That's where I went to like business school. I learned a lot of I learned a lot about business, the, the hard way, the school of hard knocks. And that was four years ago that I shut down that gym because I transitioned out of it because it just was not what I ultimately wanted to do. And it was doing okay. Actually, it was, you know, in many ways quite successful, but I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. So I did something that a lot of people advised me not to do. I shut down the gym. I lost a lot of connections. It was a little bit messy. It was, it was not great, but I knew I had to do it for me and my mental health. And then I basically had a clean slate four years ago. And now what I've been doing for the last few years is really working towards becoming an online coach. And I'm proud to say that, um, that I've done that in the last few years, um, you know, have the podcast and whatnot. I have clients all around the world and I'm working with them on their physical and mental health. And I take people from where they are to where they want to be. And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last year. And I couldn't be more happy. I'm just like in my elements. I'm loving it. I'm so fulfilled. And uh, I'm making an impact and I'm traveling the world, building my dreams. Wow. Isn't that amazing? No, seriously, that's awesome. Like like where you started to where you are now. And I, I was actually listening to you and you said that you've learned a lot in your fitness career, like what is one of your biggest learning lessons that you've, that you've had? Um, in business or actual fitness? Well, both, if you want to share. <laughs> sure. So um, I think, okay, so the first thing I'll say is the business lesson that I, I really learned is that 
you know, we're so socially constructed to think that if you don't become a lawyer or an accountant or a doctor or whatever, that you can't be successful. And, and look, nothing against those professions. But I got to be honest, and I'm sorry if we have any lawyers or accountants or anyone listening, there are exceptions. Don't get me wrong. There are some people who are very happy in that. But most of those people that I talked to that just went and got their degree because they thought it was a safe thing to do and their parents were telling them, putting pressure on them, which I have empathy for, um, because maybe I would have became that if, if I did well in school. But most of them aren't really that happy and they want more. And I talk to these people all the time. They're my clients. And again, there are exceptions I, and, and there's nothing wrong with being these, right? And it's, it, they're admirable jobs, no question. But we're so socially constructed to think that that's the only way. And what I really learned with fitness is how successful you can become, how happy and fulfilled you can become, and most importantly, how much of a difference you can make by doing something like being a, a fitness. Now, look, the fitness world and the coaching world is just like any other, you know, thing out there. The top 10 or 20% are, you know, making all the money and making all the impact because it's really hard to stay disciplined and make the business. But at the end of the day, you know, you can do something like be a fitness trainer or a coach and be extremely successful and, and do what you love to do. And there's nothing wrong with it. Right. And sure. Your grandparents might not really understand. My parents don't even really understand what I do anymore. You know, they're kind of like what a, a life coach, but that's okay. So that's what I would say on the business side of things. Maddie is like, I've just learned that like, you know, you don't have to do that like socially constructed path of like going to get a degree getting a job nine to five and just waiting for your two or three weeks vacation a year. I mean, there, there, there can be so much more to life than that if you want. Um, next would be what I've actually learned in fitness. I honestly, and this is kind of paradoxical, but I've learned from fitness that if you want to change the outside of your body, it starts from within. You know, if you want to change the external, you got to change the internal. And I remember, you know, sure, I had my 45-year-old lawyer who uh, did really well, but I also had a lot of clients who just like, they wouldn't, you know, they'd, they'd start, they'd stop, they'd start, they'd stop. And I would wonder, like, why can't they do it, you know? And some people are just naturally gifted with a lot of determination and they get it done. But others, it's like, you know, they need more. And, you know, really... I think that all of the external in our lives, whether it's your body, your finances, your house, your relationships, all of the external is just a projection and a reflection of what your internal state is, right? So then I really got into like mindset and all that stuff. And once you change your mindset, once you get your self-identity to a really healthy place, the external just falls into place. Wow. That was awesome. You know, actually, I, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are in their early 20s, uh, including me. Uh, so for me, it was actually, I did kind of the same, you know, I was, I was meant to start on this very, you know, 
typical route, let's say, you know, I, I finished top of my class in university. I was supposed to go do a master's at a top university in London. I had my part-time corporate job set and I was super depressed, <laughs> you know, seemingly like everything was going perfect, but I was super depressed. And I think it's exactly knowing that it's, you know, it's safe to do something else, right? Rather than what society tells you is fine. Like right now, especially right now, when there's so many opportunities, even online, you just have to look. I feel like people don't really look or they're not really open to look, you know, because there's really so much opportunity everywhere and you make totally. opportunities too. Totally. Yeah. I could not agree more. And it's, um, it's so funny how just everyone wants to in society and it comes from a good place most of the time. I think when it comes from like our family and stuff, it comes from a good place that they just want you to be safe. They just want to put you in, they want you to do things that are familiar because you know, at least they know what you're going to get out of it. And they don't want you to take risk. And, and again, it comes from this loving place. But um, the problem is, is that sustainably, usually that leads you to become very unfulfilled and just feel like, man, there's just more to life. Um, so yeah, I, I, I implore if, if you have an audience that's mostly in their 20s, um, be smart, right? Don't but but when you're in your early 20s, you can I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Yeah, we, we swear. We swear. <laughs> we swear. Okay. Well, you can fuck up for your entire, of course, you have your audiences in your 20s. Of course, you swear. I should have, should have known. But you can fuck up literally in every single way until you're like 28. Look, when I transitioned out of my gym, like I was like 27, 28 years old. And I had nothing to show for anything I had done other than what I had learned up here. I had so I just knew what I needed to go on and do from there. But I fucked everything up. Every business I tried to start, everything I tried to just didn't work. And, and ultimately I had to transition out of it. But that's okay. In your 20s, that's the time to just jump and try things, get into things. And Winston Churchill says one of my favorite quotes. He says, success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. And that should be in your 20s. Just go and dive in, try things, learn. You're either going to win or you're going to learn. No, that's amazing. But I feel like, you know, this is what I wanted to ask you. What actually fueled you to continue even when you failed? Because a lot of people, they fail once. Or I was thinking, you know, in business, there's always that sort of threshold you have to pass, you know, when it gets when you get a failure, it gets bad. Most people quit. But then if you keep going, then the magic happens, you know, but that's why not a lot of people make it. So yeah. how did you, how did you have the resilience to keep going? So, so there's two answers to this. There's two things. Number one was insecurity. Okay. I truly believe that anyone who look, I work around the clock. I am no one is more ambitious than I am. Some people are just as ambitious, but um, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, but I work a lot and I've, I've stayed very committed to what I do. And it comes partly from a place of insecurity. And anyone who's super ambitious, I truly believe that there's something innately inside of them that tells them they're not quite enough. So it makes them want to achieve things to validate their self-worth. And that's the place I came from. Look, for things that happened in my childhood that we won't get into, but you know, it gave me a sense of unworthiness. Um, 
and then also with not graduating high school, right? Like every, all my coaches and all my teachers said like, you won't amount to anything unless you do this. And then I didn't graduate. So I had this insecurity inside of like, I need to prove that I'm enough and that I'm, I'm worthy. And now I've just been on this relentless journey to prove now I've done some things that have made me say like, that made me think and feel like, okay, I am smart. I can do things. Um, so that part of my ambition has minimized a little bit, but it's still there. It'll always be there. Right. Um, but the other part of it. So actually just to touch on that for a second, if you are that way, use it as fuel, right? It can't, it can't dominate. It can't overtake your ambition because that's unhealthy too. Right. And I've been there. It's got to just be a piece of your ambition. But if it is, use it. It's fuel. It's fire. It's um, it's energy. The second piece is I've always just had, and I I think this is just something some people are born with. Yeah. I just have always had this innate, deep seated desire to achieve an extraordinary life, right? And if we break down the word extraordinary, it's extraordinary. I do not. I cannot tell you how much mediocrity and normal scares me. It scares the shit out of me. I do not want to live a normal, ordinary life. That is just the worst thing to me. And look, I'm envious of people who can be happy living an ordinary life. That's cool. I, there's nothing against it. But me personally, I have I, the way I look at it is we got one fucking life to live. We have one life. And sooner or later, this experience that we're in is going to cease to exist. So I don't know. I'm trying to write the the book that everyone's going to want to read at the end of it all, right? And that's going to be my biography. So to me, it's like life is a game. Let's go out and play it in the most exciting way possible. And I just can't understand and wrap my head around how not everyone has that inside of them. Like it's just like, I don't know. That, that to me is just so prevalent. So I think that's the other thing. And I, look, I will make you know how 50 cents says get rich or die trying it's not just about money for me i'm saying get wealthy and abundant in every way possible or die trying that's that's the way i look at it i love that no seriously and especially now like in in, in the times we're living when you realize how fragile life really is you know i yeah. have this thought almost every day i'm like okay am i gonna let that fear like stop me i literally have only one life and it everything could change in one second. You could, I'm sorry, but die at any point right now. In general, in general, you can die at any point right now, but now uh, the probability is even higher, you know, with what's yeah. happening. So that's totally. amazing. It's really put things in a perspective for sure. Right. So how, what determined you to get into mental health and like explore that more? Like, was there something, was there an event or something that triggered you and made you you know, develop and, and I don't know if you read or went to courses or whatever you've done in that space, but what really determined you to start this journey? Yeah, there was an event that happened that was basically like 28 years long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in a battle with my mind for 20, like, you know, I don't know, looking back, like when it actually, it was a slow transition, but let's call it 25 years of like a serious battle with my mind. I, I come from depression, anxiety. Um, and that's the other reason why I'm very ambitious is because when you know the other side, like when you know what it's like to be at rock bottom, when you 
live your entire life battling with your mind. And then all of a sudden you start to slowly get out of that and you start to actually live an unima- in, in an, an unimaginable state. You just like appreciate it so much. Like it would be like someone who's in a war torn country. Not that this is the exact example because this is much more intense than that. But if you came from a war torn country and all you knew was war and not peace and you lived in fear every day and then you moved to a place that has an abundance of peace like you know canada or you know wherever um you move to that place that person is going to be so incredibly grateful every single day and they're not going to want to waste a day so that's kind of like how i feel and that i've been in a battle with my mind for so long and then once i started to like read books and and get exposed to people like Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn and these guys who really have shown me or showed me that you can live an extraordinary life that you can you are actually way more in control of your circumstances than you think and you can live in abundance and happiness and joy and peace and you know once they showed me that and I started to get a taste of it I got obsessed with it because like uh, it's just so amazing. Like I always, I thought I was going to be stuck in that battle with my mind my whole life, but now that I'm out of it, I'm just so obsessive with, about it. And now that I've gotten in that place, now I'm obsessive about helping other people get there because that to me is just so incredibly rewarding. You know, I was laughing because I, I mentioned Tony Robbins like almost every episode. And every time I have to like make it a scam, like here I go again with Tony Robbins. But like, I mention him all the time. I love I love him and his work so much. Like He's incredible. And have you been to any of the seminars? Yes. Which one? Yeah. UPW, um, Date with Destiny. I haven't been to Date with Destiny or UPW. I've just been to he was in Calgary, Alberta, which is uh close to where I was at the time. So I drove about three hours to go see him. And he was just there for a day, just talking. And he spoke for about almost four hours. And it was like it was it was amazing. It was like, it was definitely like a bucket list thing. But I, I mean, now I'm like, I got to go to UPW or, or uh, date with destiny. It's just, it's going to be incredible. And his documentary, I'm not your guru. I mean, that to me is, I, I don't know that I'll ever see anything that's more profound than that. And some people don't get it. But to me, that was just like, that just gave me chills the whole time. You should, you should definitely go to date with destiny. Did you I- go? I did. I did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's cool. What was yeah. your experience? It was, I, I would say I always laugh at it. It actually changed my life. Like it gave me a completely different perspective in the sense that it made me realize that I really want to contribute in other people's lives, which I, I felt like I was quite selfish before where I was so caught up in my own problems that I, and I was looking for my purpose constantly, but I, I never really thought outside of myself, you know? So when I went to date with destiny, it kind of just opened my eyes to the possibility of doing something that helps other people. Um, yeah. Where was, it? Where was it, was, it? It was in Florida. It was in Palm beach. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what, what, uh, I know this is your podcast, but what's, what's motivating you? How old are you? 23. Wow. That's amazing. Um, what's motivating you to, to live an extraordinary life and make an extraordinary impact? Well, I think, you know what, what you said, I think when you said that you kind of are born with that thing in you, I've always known to a certain extent that I wanted to 
you know, make an impact, do something big. I really wanted to be a singer initially. Initially, so for for me, this was a big thing. I wanted to be an artist. I still love singing. It's just I don't think it's my vehicle to that life, you know. But um, I think it's just that thing. I've always had it in me. I wanted to be, you know, to perform well, to to do something that makes an impact. I, I in high school, I I started the school magazine, and I remember that um, one of the teachers asked me like why do you want to waste your time doing this when you have to focus on school and, and, you know, and you get good grades. And I was like, because I want to leave this high school and I want to leave like a legacy and I want to leave something behind. And the teacher was oh, like, yeah. no. And, and he was like, no, that's bullshit. Like you should, if you want to leave a legacy, like finish top of your class, you know? And for me, that was like, you know, I still finished really well. Like, don't get me wrong. I, that drove me to study so hard and prove to all of them that I could be super good in, in everything that I wanted to do outside of school and also perform well in school. But um, I think that's it. I just, exactly as you said, I've always wanted to live an extraordinary life. And I think it's possible. Um, well, if, if um, that's amazing, Maddie, I, I love hearing that. You have such a bright future ahead of you. All you got to do is be patient and just keep going and, and just not a- attach yourself to the outcome because it's like, it doesn't really matter what you do right now. All the most valuable thing you can do is two things. And, and this is for anyone listening in their 20s. There's two things that you got to focus on is number one, investing in you, invest in you, right? Like that is because look, sure, you might get lucky and you might build something or do something that takes off and explodes. But that that's, that's an anomaly. Like there's very few people in their 20s that actually build something in their 20s that lasts for the rest of their life. So invest in you and it's what you get up here. And for those that can't see the video, I'm pointing in to my mind, it's what you gain up in your noggin and the the lessons you learn and look the best way to learn is through action and through failure yeah so again two things invest in yourself take risks and take action take action like you know fail forward and just just go you just gotta and you know it's funny mark zuckerberg you know say what you want about him i know not everyone loves him now nowadays but you know you can't deny the guy's success And he said in an interview, you know, when asked, you know, what would you tell people who are trying to succeed with something? What would you tell them if you only could say one thing? And he just said, he was just like, just go do it, take action, like go learn, fail, pivot, and just, just take action. We are, we, we are way too, and I spent way too many years planning and planning. One of my favorite quotes is the wrong decision on Monday is better than the right decision on Friday. Just make the decision. If you're wrong, you will learn, you'll pivot, you'll get aligned, and then you'll keep going. They did a study with thousands of people in the United States, and they took the top 1%, so people who are very successful in whatever they do, and they wanted to find the quality that every single person had in common. They wanted to find that number one thing. And do you know what it was? They did things quickly. They took action. They weren't afraid to take action. Now, you do got to be careful. There's reversible and irreversible decisions. So if it's an irreversible decision, like having kids, okay, you don't want to make that decision fast. So take away the irreversible decisions. You want to put thought into that. But if it's a reversible decision, meaning, you know, I don't starting a podcast. Well, you can reverse that. You can stop doing it. You can whatever. Like it's not 
fatal or final. So that like make those decisions quick and anything, and I know this sounds crazy, but anything you do in your twenties, other than an irreversible, impactful decision that has consequences, like be smart, you know, like be careful, especially when you party and stuff, like don't do something stupid, like get a DUI or, you know, if you're a guy, get a girl pregnant when you shouldn't be like, you know, be careful with that kind of stuff. But man, if it's a decision that's going to contribute to you learning and potentially getting somewhere, just go, just do it. Yeah, no, that was so great. And actually, this is what we did with this podcast, because I wanted to do this for so long. I've, I've been postponing it for years. I mean, to be honest, I wanted to start a YouTube channel when I was 11. So, but I, I've never had the courage to put myself out there. And when when Rina came, sorry? When you were 11? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, who were you listening to and who were you surrounded by that was inspiring you to do that? I don't know. I was just, I was, this was when YouTube was at its prime, you know, it was all these awesome YouTubers like doing, you know, Casey Neistat was, was big. And then there was a lot of like lifestyle beauty YouTubers that I used to watch a lot. And I, but I wanted to do covers, you know, I wanted to actually like sing. And I remember posting one cover of me singing and getting like a hater like after 10 minutes, like someone was like, you're singing is awful. And I remember like crying and taking that video down and thinking back at it, like, I wish I would have continued, you know, but I think it, it just wasn't the right timing. So when Marina came to me and she was like, let's, well, she called me because we were in different countries and she uh, said, let's do this. I told her, listen, we meet next week and we film directly. Like, I don't care what happens. We're not going to postpone this. Even if we don't know how it's going to go, even if it's not going to be perfect, like we do it because otherwise like months are going to pass by and we're going to keep postponing it. Oh, you're going to be so successful. If you just, all you got to do is keep going. It's so beautiful. And you have so much time equally, you know, I, you probably know Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he talks (laughs) a lot about this micro speed, macro patience. And that's the thing, micro speed, get things done quickly, macro patience. You got to be patient because you do have a lot of time if you're taking action, right? And that's what it's all about. And look, let's talk about the haters a little bit because that's really important. It's so important for, especially to know in your twenties is, you know, one of my favorite quotes as well too, is the only way to not get criticized is to do nothing, be nothing and say nothing. So look, if you live your whole life trying to cater to others, please others, make sure they like you and, and not have any haters. I mean, that's a quick way to failure, in my opinion, and, and, and lack of fulfillment. You're not going to do much with your life. I actually, in a weird way, like when I get haters. The reason why I like that is because I know I'm doing enough then. If I'm not getting criticized, I'm not really doing enough because think of anyone that you look up to Tony Robbins you know how much freaking people like you'll talk to one person and you'll be like Tony Robbins the motivational guy who talks like though you know you know so many people watch that documentary or would go to date with destiny and they would be like this guy is fucking nuts like and uh, you know or say what you want about Donald Trump yeah the guy's the most powerful person on the planet right now at least um for the next few months I guess until Joe Biden gets in but say what you want about him. He proves that you can be very polarizing. And and to the point where I would say half the world, uh, maybe even more, 
would like not even cry if he died, right? Like, like people hate him, but half the people absolutely are ride or dies for him, right? And you can be polarizing and still go very far. And in fact, there's even an argument and Grant Cardone says this, he says, you know, if I can get half the country to hate me, maybe I'll become president of the United States. <laughs> because if half the country hates you, that means half love you, right? So the haters are important and get comfortable with getting them. The only way you can get comfortable with getting them is to put yourself out there, get haters and get desensitized to it because after a while it happens so much that you just don't worry about it anymore. Yeah, that was so important to mention. I think, you know, exactly as you said, if you don't put yourself out there, you'll never get haters and then you'll just live a pretty mediocre life at the end of the day. You just do everything. You don't shine. You don't, you know, get outside the box. So yeah, I'm learning that. Like I'm still learning that. I still have a hard time, but I guess it's also coming from like your, your confidence and how secure you are in yourself. So I think that's also a work in progress. Yeah. And you're right. And we have actually, it's rooted in psychology too. We have what's called the negativity bias. And the reason why we have it is because it's from evolutionary psychology where our brains look more for and put more weight into the negative because for many years for most of human history the negative things were like a saber-toothed tiger or a rock slide or a bear or whatever or another tribe coming to kill you and we haven't evolved now into the times that we're in to know that you know it's really actually not these negative things aren't life or death anymore, but our psychology still treats it the same way. So you can get 20 amazing comments. I'll never forget. I made this post during COVID that kind of, you know, had a little bit of microvirality and and it was polarizing. And I had like, honestly, like probably 50 people write like paragraphs on how much they loved it. And then there was this, there was a couple negative ones that were like really aggressive calling me out and saying I'm taking advantage of people and you know all this stuff and yeah even me I I'll admit like it it didn't bother me to a point where it used to or would have used to have you know bothered me to a point where it would have probably crippled me but it still was so hard to get out of my head and yet I have 50 other people writing like paragraphs on how much they love it and yes let's and they're sharing it but that's just our psychology yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. But how, I mean, how did you decide to start your podcast? Like what drove yeah, I had this, um, so I had this like realization, I had this like aha moment. Um, and it would have been a couple years ago now where it just hit me like a brick wall because I hadn't come out and talked about my mental health challenges. I had just been coaching and helping people with their health because I had been on my own journey and then I just like it hit me like a brick wall I was like what if I just came out and just said that I've been struggling with mental health for most of my life and that I'm now like almost on the tail end of this transformational journey of getting to this beautiful place and what if I just come out and say it because a lot of people need to hear it I think a lot of people are in the dark about it they don't talk about it what if I make a video And I just am really honest. And then I become a mental health advocate. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I made a video. I, I, you know, you can check it out. It's on my Instagram. Um, And it, um, 
it got shared so much. It got lots of views only because I, you know, not very many people go out and say like, Hey, this is what I deal with. And this is what is happening. And you wouldn't believe how many people reached out to me and said, I have dealt with the same thing. Your story resonated with me so much. And if you go to the first episode on my podcast, I tell my story. It's the mental wealth podcast, not health, wealth, mental wealth podcast. And if you go to the first episode, I tell my story. I tell everything I've dealt with. And you wouldn't believe how many people reached out to me and said, oh my God, I went through the same thing. I thought I was the only one. So that kind of is what inspired me to do it. Um, but I've always loved podcasts. I'm obsessive about I listen to like one every day, at least. I just love them. They're like my favorite thing in the world. Like if someone were to say, if you could take one thing to an island, I would, I would just say like when you're deserted on an island, I would just say just whatever has podcasts on it. Like whether it's my phone or what, whatever, I just want podcasts. So What's your favorite one. Oh, uh, um, I, well, Joe Rogan is, is my favorite. Like, I know that's kind of cliche and, and whatnot, but I just enjoy his podcast so much. Um, some other ones that I really like is, um, I like, uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast. Um, I like School of Greatness, Lewis Howes. I like Jay Shetty's podcast. Um, Tom Bilyeu, um, I think it's called Impact Theory. Aubrey Marcus's podcast. Oh, I love Aubrey Marcus. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's amazing. Um, yeah, those are just some. Oh, Ben Greenfield. I don't know if you know Ben Greenfield, but his oh. podcast is phenomenal. Dave Asprey, the bulletproof guy, he has got a good uh, podcast. Yeah, so those are some of my favorites. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, so I just was like, I want to start my own podcast. And turns out, um, it's actually really fun to do it. It's it's just such an amazing thing to build a podcast because uh, you just meet amazing people, have amazing conversations, and you do make an impact if you keep going with it. That's so cool. But, you know, I thought, you know, when you were saying that you, you know, came out with this story about your mental health, I was just thinking, you know, I think it's so much more difficult for men to be vulnerable with this. You know, I think women are known to be more emotional and more open, but men always, sorry, at least I think in my, in the society that I grew up in, you know, men always need to be tough and like showing emotion makes you weak, you know? So I think that's really cool that you were vulnerable. Thank you so much. And you're, you're bang on. I do think that, and this is not to take away from the difficulty that women have for sure. Yeah. And situational, some, some men are more emotional and open and, and, yeah. and then some women are more, you know, you know, I guess closed off with, with their emotions, but typically yes, in general men, I think, and look, I have this theory that, you know, and I'm sure women are the same way. We some women are the same way, but I really believe in like evolutionary psychology and biology. I think that there's inherently inside of us, we are just men are just put on this earth to like repopulate. There's something in our DNA and our psychology that's just like we are here to repopulate and we're here to meet a woman who's going to be the best carrier of our our young. And women are there to be a caretaker and to like, I think that's still in our DNA. And here's where I think it's really tough because the men are supposed to be the hunters, the gatherers, the go out and the, you know, the tough, the protector, yeah. right? 
And I just know for me, my biggest apprehension truly, and I'm just being very candid here, my biggest apprehension is women. Like, I remember thinking like, <laughs> who's going to want to date me? Who's going to want to be my wife? Who's going to trust me as a protector and a leader and a, um, you know, a hunter, like if we want to talk primally, who's going to want to be with me if I come out and I say I struggle with my my mind and, and, and my mental health, because then I'm going to be looked at as a liability. But there's one thing that I wasn't understanding. And that is that it is actually more courageous and you are more of a man if you can own what you go through and you can come out and you can say, yeah, I struggle with these things, but that doesn't stop me. I go on despite all of these things. That is what a real man does is own up to his vulnerabilities. And yeah, you got to make sure that they don't get in the way. And I've been on a long journey to make sure that that doesn't happen. But that's what a real man is. And, and I was validated and I was affirmed with that by a lot of women did say like that they really admire the courage. So this is for any guys listening. If you do struggle with mental health, um, women really respect. And sure, there's probably some women who are like, whatever, but those aren't the ones you want to be with anyways. Um, so there are a lot of women who really respect the courage that it takes to be vulnerable and um, just know that. And I didn't know that until I actually came out and did it. And I was very surprised by it. Yeah, but you ultimately need, you know, vulnerability, even in relationships, like what relationships really work if both partners are not vulnerable. Totally. So that also, I think, stops true connection in some relationships if, if you know, both women and men can be vulnerable because women struggle, you know, with vulnerability too, because yes. they, no, no one wants to be rejected. Ultimately, I think that's what it's about. So you don't communicate what you feel always you know in the hopes that you won't get rejected yeah i have a theory in relationships it's really just two people creating space for each other to be their truest most authentic selves and express their truest most vulnerable most imperfect emotions and characteristics and if you can have two people come together that allow each other to do that i mean that's that's true love that's a healthy relationship and um yeah i mean that's what it's all about and it reminds me of the fear thing like you know we the goal if you have fears or anxieties the the goal isn't necessary to make those fears go away they're they're probably not going to go away and the goal is to build up enough courage to face them yeah right that's the goal and if you take away fear there's no courage right there's no courage without feeling fear first right so it's like when it comes to like being vulnerable and like mental health and stuff it's like we should strive to be courageous more than anything and if you cover up something that's really true within you and authentic to you every time you cover it up you're reaffirming your psychology that your truest self isn't good enough so we need to build the courage to just go out and own it and that is what being a real man is, is being able to be completely open and vulnerable, but own it and be like, I'm going to show up and get the job done despite all these things. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so good. So many like amazing insights. I have one more question for you and then I'm going to 
let you go because I'm sure you have a long day ahead. Um, what is the best advice that you've ever got from someone? Mm. So funny. I was asked this question the other day. Sorry, I already have my answer. Um, well, there's a couple things. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is I told you in the beginning of this podcast that I ended up shutting a gym down that yeah. I had, right? Because it wasn't, and people told me I was crazy because when I sat down with them, they, they were looking at it from the outside, looking in, they were like, yeah. you've spent five years putting your blood, sweat and tears into this. Why would you shut it down? Um, but I knew inside that it wasn't right. So one of the things that made me have the courage to shut it down was I read somewhere or maybe it was on a podcast. I can't remember, but it was advice nonetheless from someone. And it was saying, imagine if no one else's opinions or judgments mattered for whatever reason, just no one else's opinion or no one else mattered in this situation. Would you make this decision or would you still be doing what you're doing? And the answer hit me like a brick wall. It was like, no, I would have quit a long time ago. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit. If I'm only doing this because of other people and I don't even want to do it, like that was just like such an aha moment. So I think that like everyone listening to this podcast should ask themselves in every realm of their life that's really important that they're doing, whether it's your career, your relationship, all these different things ask yourself, would you be doing this if no one else's opinion mattered? And if the answer is no, well, unless it really hurts people like significantly to stop doing it, then, or, or if, if, you know, it's going to hurt you, stop doing it. Like stop living your life for other people and start living life for you and do what aligns with your highest purpose. So that to me was what, whoever gave me that advice, I think it was actually on a Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, that just was so, so transformational for me and so important for everyone to, to hear as well too. Wow, amazing. Thank you so much, Kayler, for everything and for your time and for sharing so much of your story. Um, and can you please let everyone know where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll say two things. There's lots, but I like to keep things simple. First, just follow me or, um, reach out to me on Instagram. I love connecting with my followers. Um, Kaylor.bets. So that's K-A-Y-L-O-R dot B-E-T-T-S as in Sam. And yeah, follow me there. Reach out to me. You'll see on there the Mental Wealth Project, which is the podcast. Um, check out the podcast. But yeah, just start with my Instagram and everything else is there. Um, and I, I think I just want to ask a, a little call to action to your audience is um, reach out to me. Like, you know, I love connecting and I will answer and I'll engage in a conversation with you. And if you liked some of the things I said today, why not get out of your comfort zone and, and reach out and and let's chat. Everyone knows that we're all about reaching out on this podcast. Like I'm, I love reaching out to people. I think it's the best way to create connections. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I just encourage you, Maddie, and uh, your partner with the podcast, just keep going. Like 
just keep uh keep putting yourself out there it doesn't need to be perfect it's always scrappy but like keep going and you got a bright future ahead of you thank you so much thank you yeah of course bye see you